Are you sheltering in place, isolated, feeling alone? <coughs> well, then you're just like us. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the quarantined hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Shut-In, the Soundcast stimulus package featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And now, here's your host for this episode, Tyson Saner! Saluton, estos me, Tyson Saner. I'll be your host for the duration of this week's edition of Sokotash Shut-In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package, also called SSI the SSP. <laughs> I'm kidding, nobody calls it that. But they could. Come to think of it, when the show was called Sokotash the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast, people could have called it SDCSS. I really don't know if anyone ever did before my having written this. But then, there's lots of things I don't know, and I'm still breathing as of this recording, so I must have figured that out at some point. It stands to reason, and it sits down to shut up. Anyway, unless you're listening to this audio by accident, you know that this is a show that features clips of other people's podcasts, or soundcasts as we like to call them here at Suckatash. And this episode is no exception to that. I got three for you, one from each of the soundcasts I'll be mentioning in the next couple breaths. I've got clips from Sincast, 16-Ounce Cinema, and The Neighborhood Listen. I've also got the best in fake advertising from our fake sponsors, Henderson's Pants, and Trumpoetry.com in store for you. I hope you enjoy yourselves as I take you on this listening journey to the far, or perhaps very near reaches of the internet, which is completely relative to you and the type of soundcast listening you might, quote, normally, unquote, find yourself partaking in. Let's begin. Chalalamo! First up tonight, Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. So, this is a soundcast that is from the co-creators of CinemaSins. It's Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott who provide your favorite movie and culture nitpicking. They're joined by Barrett Scher from Music Video Sins and other guests to discuss, analyze, and ridicule the world of entertainment. So, the clip is from... July 13th, 2020. It's from episode 236. It's called Hamiltonia with an exclamation point. Now, I will say I actually have listened to the first five episodes at least, and then I skipped all the way ahead because when I looked on iTunes for the, I think it was the fifth episode, it was, a, it was Quentin Tarantino focused, and it didn't appear to be available on iTunes anymore. So perhaps they're phasing out the early ones, but they can still be listened to on other soundcast uh, streaming places, or even downloading places. Anyway, this clip features the group discussing the film adaptation of the David Mamet play Glengarry Glen Ross, one of my personal favorites. Speaking of Pacino, Glengarry Glen Ross, another David Mamet adaptation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that uh, James Foley did. It's very play-like, though. It's, it, it's not, it's, there's not much to There's not many locations other than the, uh, the, uh, the real estate office that they work at and everything. There's the bar and there's a, there's a moment where Jack lemon visits somebody at their house, but that's about it. As far as locations are concerned. Uh, it's about a bunch of salesmen, uh, trying to sell, uh, to people who I think the company realizes they can't possibly sell to. This is the most frustrating thing about 
this story and you know that there's probably some kernel of truth to this, right? Mm-hmm. That that they've got these leads and they know they're worthless, but they spent so much money on them that they want people to try to continue selling to them. Um, even though there's no way that they know that there's no way they can sell land to these people there. They know that there's no way. And I don't know if it's because they're trying to get younger or if they're trying to fire people to make more money. I don't know what it is. Uh, we, I don't think we ever really are led into that whole reasoning for that. That's, that's a good question because has Blake ever come into the office to do his thing? Like, are they getting to their final straw where they're like, we're going to literally fire you people if you if you can't come through? It just like, feels is this the like, last straw? It just feels like they're looking for a way to 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 start brand new or something because they have Williamson is fine and Roma is fine, right? Like they're they've got their core. Yeah. But they want to lose Shelley and they want to well, lose Well and even Moss, I think, is is probably uh safe, but he but they're I mean, he even he, but he even he is like, you know, this is, they're, they're getting ready to, you know, it looks like they're getting ready to ax everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I, and I, and, and there's so many questions I have about the process here because even when Levine thinks that he's sold all this land at the end and he sold it to people that clearly can't afford it, <laughs> um, uh, you know, there, there's this thought that I'm like, well, didn't, if you've, if you heard the whole Alec Baldwin speech during this whole thing, it's basically like first place and second place. And then the rest of you are fired. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I don't even, I don't even know if Levine's, uh, uh, even, even his sales would have gotten him to second place on that board. Um, uh, but, uh, that's the, that's the biggest question I have about this whole setup is that it seems like they're 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 sort of in a sunk cost fallacy, right? They bought mm-hmm. they bought these leads, they want to find a way somehow to sell land to these people at every cost, even somebody's job uh if they can't get it. And they see Roma and Roma's so suave and seduces people into buying land and everything. They're like, "Why can't everybody be like Roma?" And, um, and we don't know why Roma is able to sell to some of these, some of these people, but he's getting the new leads. Uh, like, uh, does he get it? Does he get the new leads right at the beginning or is he still selling old leads by the end Mm, of it? I think he just closed one. Right. And that's why he went out to the, uh, the, the restaurant and they meets Jonathan Price, right? Yeah. I know. The Jonathan Price one seems like that's completely cold. That's a cold. No, no. Yeah. 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 I thought he was, he was done with, uh, with one of his things. So maybe that's the thing. Like maybe the, the idea is that he doesn't use those leads anymore. He just finds a way to seduce people into, you know, buying land that aren't part of those cards that they're, they keep getting and everything uh it's something very fascinating i'd love to know the background too on all this as a movie glengarry glenn ross i've seen it a hundred times i i would i would i would wager to say that i've probably seen it a hundred times <laughs> seriously is this one of the most watched movies that you've one of my you've most watched movies ever clearly i used to have it on vhs i used to watch this thing like especially like those those just those down times where you just like all right 
I just need to watch a movie where I'd always pop that in. And it was always like the, you know, the best. Um, and that's why I know that whole Al Pacino speech at the end uh, <laughs> and, uh, and everything. Now you can visit their webpage at cinemasins.squarespace.com, which is C-I-N-E-M-A-S-I-N-S dot squarespace.com. Also, if you're a fan of creative film criticism, check out the YouTube series Everything Wrong With, also from CinemaSins and my own personal gateway to this soundcast. Next up, from a group called 16 Ounce Cinema, is a soundcast called 16 Ounce Cinema. Its description says, drink pints, talk pictures. That's pictures, not pictures, as in a picture of pints and pictures. Although it could be a pun, I'm not sure. 16 ounce, by the way, that was me just uh, editorializing. Um, now we resume reading the description. 16 ounce cinema chats about movies, drinks craft beer. Then each episode, all movies discussed are related to Paul W.S. Anderson's classic event horizon. That would be the classic film event horizon. So the clip is from June 13th, 2020. So it's called Subcult Series Trancers, and the reason is, the description says, we're premiering another new series for the show, Subcult Series. Angus and TJ kick off the debut, talking about the should-be cult movie Trancers, a film I am also personally a fan of. So, in this clip, Angus and TJ attempt to figure out the purpose of Trancers. Now, for a bit of context, earlier in the episode, the duo in this episode of 60 Out Cinema speculated as to whether or not James Cameron's film The Terminator had been inspired by Trancers. It's an interesting question. I'm not sure. I don't understand the point of Trancers. So, so the bad guy is Whistler, and he has these yeah. psychic powers to turn people into Trancers, which basically means that they are totally normal humans until a cop shows up. Yeah. And then they turn into fucking ghouls and try to kill the cops. It's not even cops. It's just Jack Death. (laughs) That's the only time they turn. Like, what is the purpose of that? Or or what is the fear of them? On the other hand, like, oh, Whistler has them under his control, but he only uses them, like, when the cops show up. So, like, if I was a trancer... What would change about my life? It, it seems like nothing unless, like, Jack Death shows up and you're like, oh, fuck, I right. got a trance. Or like, <laughs> like, if I... <laughs> oh, right, because they only act up if they're found out. Yeah. So even, like, if I got a speeding ticket, if the cop was just license and registration, I have license and registration. Here you go, sir. It would be when the cop says... Are you a trancer? I'd be like, <laughs> just fucking flip on him, <laughs> right? But like, they I, don't. There's Whistler has no villain plot other than no. just fucking turn everyone into trancers. But it, trancers don't do anything unless you tell them they're a trancer. Then they freak out. And like I said, I don't think it's all cops because like he turned those couple cops into him. But I'm right, sure there's yeah, dudes on the force that they see every day. Like, that they don't freak out yeah. on, you know, that aren't trancers. So, they only freak out on Jack Death, that's specifically. Like, that's their life. Well, just I guess... Flipping out on him. I guess they kill council members, too. But, again, what's his end game? Like, I'm just going to kill all the council members with trancers? And, like, well, he wants to turn everybody into trancers and then just let them live their normal lives? Yeah, it honestly seems like he's doing a good thing, if you look at it. Like, right? Because, like, like that lady at the diner, she was just, she was totally normal. She, she was running happy. her diner and everything. She, yeah, she was doing a good job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> unless they're, like, really exceptional pod people who fake emotion, but... 
Like, no, I didn't get. I didn't get the threat of Whistler at all. Like, I was gonna you know, ask you, just... you about that. Like, I was like, did you understand why they were doing anything? <laughs> no. Like, I I got that he wanted to kill the council, and they were like, no, 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 we can't do that. But I didn't get like what the great threat of the transfers was. No, it seems like if you I just mean, let him live, like, it's, like, cool. Like, that Santa Claus, yes. like, he's probably been doing that for, like, three weeks. Like, taking kids, like, fucking... He's been a transfer for the entire Christmas season. And he's just, like, <laughs> taking their wishes up to the North fucking Pole. He doesn't care until Jack Death shows up. And it's like, you're a transfer. And then he's just like, fuck. <laughs> Jack Death ruined <laughs> Christmas. Right, like, transfers are going to be completely normal as long as you just don't ask. Don't ask, don't, don't tell ask, don't the tell. transfers. <laughs> That's going to be the new rule for the fucking military. <laughs> they don't care about gays anymore. It's just transfers they don't transfers. want in. <laughs> yeah, like, we, no, they, they do want the transfers in. But, but, but we don't, just don't want to know about yeah, we don't want to know about it. We don't want any transfer freakouts. We don't want to know what you do in your transfer free time. Oh, God. oh man. Funny. So Santa was played by the guy in Terminator 2 who pulled the shotgun on Arnold in the opening bar scene. Oh, so another Terminator yes. connection. Yeah, he came out right. Terminator 2. Um, like, the, like James Cameron was like, "Hey, you were in that movie I ripped off for the first yeah, one. Yeah. Do you want to be in the you second? You were great as a trancer fighting <laughs> Jack Death. You want to fight my Terminator, which was greatly inspired by the movie Trancers that you were in in 1984." Now, after much searching, I've not been able to locate any social media for Angus, TJ, or Mike, um, or any of the last names for that matter. Uh, the show is on Twitter and Instagram, but at this stage, it seems the hosts uh, are very likely not. I will update that information if possible. So you can find the show on Twitter <laughs> at numeral one, the numeral six, uh, what is probably a O because it's for it's next to a Z, which indicates ounce, and then capital C, and then I N E M A. And, of course, we'll feature this information probably on the website at www.suckatashow.com. Hello, friends. Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? Well, we offer you Henderson's Space Pants. Yes, Space Pants. Say it with me. Space Pants. Here's the story behind Henderson's Space Pants. A few years ago, the head of Henderson's procurement office heard a rumor from a guy who knew a guy who had a sister who worked in the factory that makes the bolts that hold on the rear tailgates of the heavy-duty utility vehicles that were driven by a man who lived down the street from a woman that knew a mailman who once delivered a registered letter to a man who used to work as a substitute gate sentry at Cape Canaveral. Okay? Well, it seems this fellow had it on good authority that NASA was going to be putting in a huge order for space pants for the astronauts who fly the space shuttles. Based on that hot tip, Anderson's pants started churning out pairs of space pants by the lunar module full. Well, when NASA ended up pulling the plug on the whole shuttle program, plenty of people around Henderson's had freeze-dried egg on their faces. 
Only then did the fine folks at Henderson's discover the order was to have been for space suits, not space pants. It turns out there is no such thing as space pants. Until now, Henderson's has warehouses full of the suckers and you can wear them into space or anywhere else you care to squeeze into with your vacuum-packed ass. Originally designed for... Well, the NASA astronauts, haven't you been listening? Henderson Space Pants are available wherever mothballed airless flyboys shop. That's Henderson's, makers of fine slacks and merkins since 1457. And now back to Succotash. I really love listening to these Henderson's uh, pants uh, <laughs> fake advertisements, by the way. Because um, it takes me back to a time from before I was involved with the program, like at the very beginning. The show was when the show was Suckatash the Comedy Soundcast. Sorry, when it was actually first called Suckatash the Comedy Pod- Podcast Podcast. And uh, just these classic, I call I call them classic Henderson's pants ads. Um, I always enjoy hearing them a great deal. Anyway, cue the next one. This episode of Succotash is sponsored in part by TrumpPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TrumPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. Trump Poetry. TrumpPoetry.com. Tonight's entry is from the 19th of July, the year 2020. It's enumerated 185. On Fox, Trump has made it quite clear the virus will soon disappear. Case numbers inflated. Concern overrated. Let's vote this guy out on his rear. Right? Right. And finally tonight, The Neighborhood Listen, from Airwolf. So the description says, first of all, it, it says what, what looks like, join Burnt Millipede, and then it indicates that that's Paul F. Tompkins in parentheses, and Joan Pedestrian, which uh, says Nicole Parker. I'd like to uh, clarify real quick. It, it says Burnt Millipede. I assume this is a, these are characters that started on either Con Bang Bang or perhaps Spontaneous Nation. It's hard to say, but I believe they originated... On another show. I believe this, and I have done no research, but it is my hunch, and I will look it up and update you if I am wrong. So if you don't hear from me again, it means I was right about this. <laughs> if you don't hear from me again. <laughs> anyway, but my but my understanding, having listened to the uh, episode of The Neighborhood Listen, which is a brand new soundcast, um, the word millipede, which is clearly millipede, is actually pronounced Maya Payday. So it's Bert Maya Payday and Joan Pedestrian. So, having said that, the description says, Join Bert Maya Payday, although actually it says Bert Millipede, and Joan Pedestrian, Nicole Parker. Oh, and I forgot to say Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins. And Joan Pedestrian, Nicole Parker. As they explore their hometown of Dignity Falls via posts from a certain neighborhood social networking app and interview the town's most intriguing residents. So the clip is from June 22nd, 2020. It's their debut episode. It's called Parrots, Whistlers, and a Carrot-Haired Woman uh, with Maria Blasucci. So its description says, On the very first episode of The Neighborhood Listened, local CVS pharmacist 
slash host Burnt Myopie Day, Paul Tompkins, and local realtor, host Joan Pedestrian, and then Nicole Parker, discuss a lost green parrot, a mystery whistler, and all things Doug, who is credited as being Brett Morris here. Plus, we meet Vanity, credited as Maria Blasucci, a suspicious, quote, carrot red-haired, carrot red, carrot red-haired, carrot red-haired. Okay, so what I'm looking at is the word carrot and then red-haired, which is red and haired separated by a hyphen. So this is the thing. I believe redhead is correct, but I think carrot red is also a hyphenated word. So that's why my brain is going... So like it should say carrot red-haired, perhaps two hyphens. I don't know. Anybody know? Write the show. Anyway, I'll just read it without the other stuff. Plus, we meet Vanity, a suspicious carrot red-haired woman, carrot red-haired woman, who is caught snooping on potted plants. This clip involves the portion of the program having to do with the titular parrots, or at least one peculiar parrot in particular. So this is, uh, this is, uh, these will be posts from the neighbor hap specific to Dignity Falls. Joe, would Correct. you like to go first? I'd love to because now I've got a lot of questions about this. Sure. So the title just says, Lost Green Parrot with a Very Distinctive Laugh, hmm. which, uh, I also really need to know what that sounds like. Is he, can he talk or can he just only laugh? You know how some parrots can actually speak, but yes. that's not what this person says. Maybe few, it's that the voice mm, is not distinctive at all. Right. And then the it sounds like a, oh, like a horrifyingly human laugh. That's what I, I, I don't think I'd like that. What if but, it sounds like a witch's cackle? Oh my God. Well, then you'd think he'd be able to easy, he'd be easy to find. But it says a few months back, which also is odd because, well, is this the only time you're posting about him? You know? We lost our Does green parrot. Seem a little, seems a, a little, little bit of a tardy, lag, right? Yeah. yeah. We lost our green parrot a few months ago. He opened his cage. Now, again, a question. He opened his cage and flew to a neighbor's tree. I mean, this parrot sounds amazing. He opened his own cage. Mm-hmm. I am new to the neighbor hap, and I'm pleased to see how many people have joined in. I think that's separate to this. I think that's just something else. That's that he's just observing. praising the yeah. app. Yeah. I will keep posting in different places. Now, I don't know what that means either, because again, like we just said, the best place to, to post is right here. Absolutely. If he's from Dignity Falls. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully Paco is well, and we can see him again. Please let us know. He has a very distinctive laugh. Now, here's the part that concerns me. Mm. More frequent when kids are playing around him. Huh. And that just makes me concerned. Well, now, I don't know a lot about birds, mm-hmm. okay? I know that they fly in the sky. That's true. Um, I know that some of them talk, like our friend Paco here. Mm-hmm. Well, he laughs, apparently. Right. I know some well, of them, all we know is that he laughs near children. Some of them are, some of them are flightless. I know that. Uh, oh, is that right? Well, penguins. Oh, oh, right. They, I'm they sorry. Count as birds. I, I was thinking of parrots specifically. Yes, you're they talking about birds. birds in general. Yeah, I think right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Par- okay, let's narrow it down. Let's narrow it down to parrots. parrots what I know about parrots. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they're green. Right. Um, they have curvy beaks. True. They love crackers. Polly want a cracker. Yes. Yes. Uh, and they can mimic human speech, mm-hmm. but they don't know what they're saying. Is that right? Gosh, it seems like they do sometimes. Birds well, terrify I, me. I'm just going to get it right out there. I'm sorry. I will not rescue a bird. Do you know what's funny? I no matter how what they're it, saying. No, no, no kind of bird. I don't know. Well, now, now I'm going to probably eat my words. Now a sparrow. Start, right, a sparrow. A fine, sparrow? fine, fine. I just these kinds of birds that talk and they're in your business and they're opening their doors and they're getting out and they're laughing at children. That's you know. Do you it's think a pedophile he's, parrot? Do you think he's well? Is he a pedophile or is he mocking the children? I guess either way, it's disturbing. 
Yeah, but no, I mean, there, it's not good. And if that and if that parrot laughs a lot, how did you just notice he left f- a few months ago? Maybe if this parrot is clever enough, he left a recording of himself laughing. That's right. That he could have. I yeah. mean, good God, he probably has the abilities if he's able to get himself out of his own cage. He sounds very clever. Well, anyhow, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there and you hear a terrifying laugh near children, <laughs> hopefully it's not a human being. It is a harmless parrot named Paco. Say hello. And I guess say hello. Say hello, and uh, and and let this person know uh, what uh, where where Paco is. Yes, and please. Let's, let's get Paco home. Let's stop the madness. Let's stop the madness and stop the laughter. All right. Now I have a uh, well, uh, Joan. I'm sorry. Does that conclude your post? Thank you so much. It concludes my post, and now I'll be quiet. <laughs> I learned my lesson, didn't I? This Doug, one. Are you so thrilled? And now a man's in the house telling me to shut up. It's probably the best day of his life. Oh, dear. I hope I don't. I didn't want to start. It's better than a birdie or an eagle or whatever, whatever you call it. Right. Is Isn't it the that same a thing? In, in miniature golf? I have no idea. I don't think so. Doug, is it the same in miniature golf? I like uh, that you it, pronounce all of the syllables. Miniature. Miniature. Yeah. Miniature. I didn't know there was another way well, to say it. No, I get it. lazy. I just say miniature. Yeah. You got par. You got birdie. You got bogey, double bogey, mm-hmm. eagle, uh, triple bogey. I'm uh, turned on. Eight is the maximum. <laughs> okay, sounds good. I've reached That's the maximum of my interest. <laughs> so, yeah, you can go to Earwolf to find that. And, of course, you can go to iTunes and Stitcher and put in the neighborhood listen. Um, I really enjoyed listening to the first episode. I will say that. I probably listened to more. But, of course, I've got to get back to listening to other soundcasts, so it's really hard to say. And here we are at the end, together, yet nearly about to separate, due to the nature of how shows work, in that they are finite and must, um, end. And here we are. Next week, Mark Hershon has the hosting duties for you, and more content to be experienced will be presented for your listening pleasure were you to stream or download us again. We are grateful for you as a listener for using your precious time to spend a bit of it with us. I hope you enjoyed something in what you heard. Perhaps you'll even be inspired to start your own soundcast. And perhaps I'll find it and clip it. It's more likely to become a reality than you may ever know. And some of you already do. By the way, if you like watching people play video games and YouTube videos, I do that too. I just recently posted a game video for a game called Everything, which is really more of a meditative experience than a game, and features narration by Alan Watts. I'd like more people to experience the game, but sometimes it's hard for a person to imagine themselves partaking in that sort of activity. So I mention it to increase awareness. And if you enjoyed our program, why not recommend it to others? We'd really appreciate it a great deal, for it is what we mean when we leave you with the show's closing sentiment, the gentle reminder, and honest plea for you to please pass the succotash. You've been listening to Suckatash Shut In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package, with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants, TrumpPoetry.com, and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on the <laughs> Laughable App, and tattooed on your mother's rear end. 
You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at T-Y-S-O-N at SuccotashShow.com. Or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcast directly to us using our direct upload link at Hightail.com slash U slash Succotash. Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is still Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please wash your hands and pass the Succotash. Goodbye. I say sitting on the floor doing this really sucks. Oh my god. Yeah, we're in Studio B tonight. Ugh. Studio B. I'll let you guess what room of the house that is. Okay, anyway. This has been a Succotash Patch production. <laughs>